0: Hey, welcome to this bonus episode. Hello,
1: MaxFun donors.
0: Yeah, thanks for being a donor. Our
1: favorite people.
0: Uh, this is a bonus episode with an interview with Allison Howe.
1: Yeah, and Howe. As you'll find out very soon, she attended Jean Scott's church growing up, and she has some interesting stories to tell. We're excited to share them with you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we wanted you to get this as a bonus episode because you're a very special people.
1: And you're not Jean Scott- Aficionados who will hound us endlessly mm-hmm. and create little critical Facebook groups about us. Oh, boy, they've really group, been the worst, haven't they?
0: they? They've been the actual, I think, worst followers. You would think it was like
1: Scientology, us. but no.
0: Nope. It's the Gene Scott, Melissa Scott people. The worst.
1: They are not. Except max- for this lady. <laughs> Here, Here she it is. is. Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves.
0: Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy.
1: And I'm Ross Blotcher. And we are very fortunate today to have a special guest with us to tell us a bit more about Melissa Scott. Welcome, Allison Howe.
2: Hey, everybody. I was a member not of Melissa Scott's church, but of Gene Scott's church when I was a teenager. At the time, I didn't really know how weird it was. I think probably people that grow up in these type of churches have a similar experience as that. that uh, When I was going there, like all the things that were said seemed uh, you know perfectly standard and, and normal and the, you know the culture of fear was uh, inevitably a product of like how important it was to get saved. And to give lots of your money to the church.
1: Yeah, I mean, when that's what you've been raised with, who's to say that's uh, abnormal?
0: Yeah, so he had to be, I mean, you look pretty young. He had to be on his way out. Yeah, I was a part of the church when he got cancer, which was probably
2: like 2003 or maybe 2002, 2003.
0: Oh my God! Um, oh, didn't know that. <laughs> You're going to be able yeah. to tell us about this mysterious yeah. segue because I'm so curious about yeah. how this went down. Because okay, so Melissa was there, but obviously yeah. wasn't wasn't pastoring the church. Correct.
2: Melissa started out like as one of a number of women that Jean would bring to the church, which started maybe around. 2000 like he would have different women every week and then like melissa kept showing up week after week and there was this part of the service where as you know when the service starts everybody has to stand and applaud but when he started bringing this like posse of women regularly to the church we would also have to stand and applaud for them There would be (laughs) like four or five women like really nicely dressed like all spruced up they would come in the back entrance and then we would also applaud for them, which was before the service started. They, then that's when we knew Gene was there. Was that his women came in?
1: Were they called pony girls, or is that something other people I called not them later?
2: Heard that term.
1: Now, um, w- was there any scuttlebutt? Did anybody think like, ah, this isn't quite right, or what's he doing with all the pretty young yeah. ladies?
2: No. Um, As a matter of fact, the church was very enthusiastic about him having as many women as he wanted. That was kind of part of the core foundation of the church was that it was different from the rest of Christianity, that you, you didn't have to change you didn't have to modify your behavior in any way to be a christian all you had to do was believe in jesus there was something kind of i don't know beautiful and about that like because people would come that were probably really awkward in other churches like people that were more grungy around the edges or who had felt ostracized in other churches and you also didn't have to be like the like fake happy that a lot of uh, evangelical churches have it was zero Mm. zero fake happy (laughs) like extreme extreme opposite fake sadness uh fake anger well i mean Ah. fake is anger very fire and brimstone it was always so tense when i first started going there so you have to be 13 i think to enter the service my mom would have this kind of like pre-game with me about okay allison like you're old enough to be in the church but you sit you sit in the back you don't Squirm around. You don't chew gum. You don't look around or talk to anybody because he would kick people out on a semi-regular basis. He had a lot of security guards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now, it seems like she's yeah, she's keeping up those traditions.
1: B- before you turned thirteen, did you go like on the bus to see museums? Because mm-hmm. I hear that's what they do with kids now. Okay.
2: Yeah, when I was really little, church was still held at the place where I think you guys went in Glendale, and they had more traditional Sunday school. I barely remember that.
1: Interesting. Okay. So what was it still called faith center or was it called like the university church or something else?
2: The building in Glendale was always called faith center. And then the church, when I went to it, uh, was the Los Angeles university cathedral, which, which is, is in Lace hotel. Yes. I would love to see what that looks like now. When Gene Scott was there, they, remodeled when they bought the building and they actually painted a couple of hidden pictures into the marble um you know to look like the grain of the marble um one of them was gene scott's face no yes
1: really (laughs)
2: um and i'm going there this month okay so i don't know if the ace hotel has painted over it should be pretty obvious but it's in (laughs) The main, like, theater in the balcony, but they have these big murals.
1: About what size was it? Was it larger um, than a bread box? Or?
2: It was probably, like, maybe slightly larger than a real head. So it was large enough to see, like, from the orchestra there's also the all seeing eye, that like triangle that's on the back of the dollar.
0: Yeah. So, very think, Illuminati.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gene Scott was really into the, um, the idea that angels like built things and, and like mm-hmm. also really paranoid about, you know, Satan controlling the government. So like that kind of went hand in hand with the Illuminati iconography.
1: How would you break down his sermons in terms of content? Would you say like half the time he was talking about scripture and a quarter of the time he was talking about aliens? Or kind of how did it break down? What would you expect to hear on a Sunday?
2: Well, it varied over the course of my attendance there. When I first started going, it was maybe like 50%, some kind of Bible passage with a very intense um, analysis of like a very short amount of scripture, and then fifty percent being mad about Satan in the sound system or in the in the FCC or like wherever he thought Satan might have gone that week. Okay. he's a rascal being up being mad at the sound
1: thinking. system
2: <laughs> yeah anything like if anything went wrong with anything electrical
0: or anything
2: like that's all spiritual war- warfare
0: yeah. cool. logical conclusion it's kind yeah. of like trump's microphone level i was concerns. just thinking that, oh, <laughs> that a thing? I yeah oh yeah at the first debate when all the polls if were coming out showing well. yeah all the polls were showing that people said clinton won and Trump's response was, well, my microphone was really bad. No one could hear me. It was a conspiracy. Uh, but yeah. of course, everyone could hear him. We all watched it on TV and you could hear him.
1: So uh, I guess Gene just blamed Satan. Now, yeah. uh, do you remember Melissa herself? Like, did you see her kind of rise to prominence?
2: yeah she like became like more favored over the other women, and um she would start to sing. she would be like the main singer there was actually there was some kind of conflict with the man who used to be the main singer. He must have said something like contrary to Jean Scott. And then, you know, got fired, and Melissa became the full-time song leader. As Carrie has
1: noted, Melissa Scott has a fine singing voice.
0: Uh Uh-huh. It is fine. (laughs) Yeah. Fine. (laughs) Fine. Middle (laughs) of the road, fine. (laughs) Yeah. She hits all those notes, fine. If you were there uh, during his illness, so there's some scuttlebutt, at least in these remaining Gene fans, that she was pressuring him not to take conventional medicine, and that she was saying to take herbal remedies, and that this may have made his illness go a lot faster than it might have otherwise. Did you hear anything like that?
2: I, I haven't heard anything like that, and I'm okay. not sure that that's totally how it went down. Gene Scott did deny um, a lot of treatment, and I, but he, it was for faith-healing reasons. Okay. And that would have been consistent with what the church believed.
1: So you think left to his own devices, he probably wouldn't have wanted Western medicine anyway?
0: I think it's highly possible. Okay. But he did eventually get treatment. So he told the
2: congregation that he was not getting treatment, that he was taking communion. And then right before he died, he the very last time I remember seeing him, and I had moved to New York at that point, so I was— Watching the service online, he said basically, I'm feeling better and I think it's gonna be okay. And then he died. Oh man. Yeah. You
1: you said you were watching that service online, so they were already live streaming like back then?
2: Uh huh. Yeah. Pretty cutting edge. They've been live streaming basically probably since the internet, like since they could, you know, since they had the bandwidth.
1: Was your family there pretty much every Sunday?
2: We would go every Sunday. And then I went to college in 2003, and I think my parents kind of tapered off their attendance at that time. But I would go to church with them when I came back to to California. So Gene Scott died, and we went to the cathedral downtown one time, and my mom went to get our tickets, and they said that we were on the bad list And could no longer come in.
1: (laughs) Why? Why
2: do you think you were on it? Well, um, they wouldn't. First of all, wouldn't tell her at the box office. My mom's was like really calm about it and was just, you know, was like, okay. Well, they said we're on the bad list. We can't come in. Like knowing the security force behind this institution was not in all in any way interested in contradicting what they thought we had done or.
1: But she had no idea what she was being accused of.
2: She had no idea, and they wouldn't tell her. They said, "Call like the the office." So she called and left a message and said, "We've you know we've been members of this church. Uh, my parents had been members, I think, for about thirty years. Wow. Um, my mom would also go down and volunteer to answer the phone, so that one uh, 338 yeah. number
1: three, three zero three zero, three, yeah." Three, yeah.
2: You would call and you would get my mom. She was a voice of faith. <laughs> she was a voice of faith. Yes.
1: Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And and I assume your family was faithfully tithing or was it 10% yeah. of your income?
2: 10%. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was tithing as well. And, you know, the money that I got as a, it's a job as a teenager. Oh. Um,
1: wow. Yeah.
0: So, I wonder then if most of the people who were Gene Scott followers right after his death kind of just got pushed out.
2: I think it might have been that. I think it might have also been that she was doing, like, an abusive relationship thing where you, like, push the person away and are like, no, you have to prove to me that you, mm. that you are worthy of me by, like, fighting back against this. And... I think at that point, like, the guy that they really liked was gone, and they didn't really have any attachment to Melissa, and now she's antagonizing them. They never said why. My mom thinks it's because they may have skipped a couple weeks. They may have, you know... (laughs) I'm like Uh,
1: Goodness (laughs)
2: Yeah
1: (laughs) It's like with Scientology I always wonder how they have any people at all With how vociferously they go after their own people And kick them out for any small infraction And I get the same kind of vibe here Like how do you You're not actively proselytizing or getting in new members How do you still have anyone there With the way you shun people
2: Yeah Yeah. So like how many people were there When you went to the service Was it full
1: it was pretty full, I'd yeah. say, um, over 200. 300 people.
0: Yeah, so we're, we're in agreement yeah. it's at least two.
1: It's hard yeah. to tell with that big mirror doubling everybody.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, well, Gene, Gene Scott did go through a phase where he uh, he would yell at, at the congregation for not bringing their friends in, expanding. He said it's the flock's responsibility to create more sheep. It's not the shepherd's responsibility.
0: Oh, Okay. I mean, now,
1: are the sheep, the sheep supposed to reach out to sheep from another fold <laughs> and bring them in or do they they just reproduce?
2: Yeah. I, I don't know
1: about that metaphor. Know, yeah, both probably, yeah, oh,
2: probably. No, I think he really he meant going yeah, going to get sheep from neighboring farms perhaps. Yeah, did not Doesn't, analogy
1: didn't doesn't, doesn't sound like
0: he knows all that much about sheep farming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll give him a pass on that one so yeah. he was he was passed away when that happened he died yeah. when you were kicked out okay yeah right wow
0: so where what was the point for you personally where you were like maybe this is all sketchy you know the thing is um
2: i knew it was sketchy but i i was getting something out of it so maybe i guess that point happened like gradually because I always knew it was sketchy and I think my parents always knew it was sketchy too because I kind of have talked to them about that of like what was that all about like why did we do that (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, what is um, their
1: perspective on that now
2: their perspective is it was really entertaining to go to see Gene Scott preach and rant and rave. The music was also uh, pretty good. I don't know that I can really even say that there's like a specific moment where maybe you know, I guess I would say when it was when he started repeating the same sermon over and over again, Uh, he had this one passage in Romans that he was translating from the Bible. The gist of the sermon was that faith is an action, Then, the, but then what does that mean? That was just, he just kept kind of saying that, like, faith is an action based upon belief sustained by confidence, and, and like, Jesus will set you free. That was, like, the last maybe two years of his ministry was the same sermon. It was, like, this epic, like, battle, like, he's going to finish Romans. God wants him to stay alive so that he can preach oh. Romans one sentence at a time.
1: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> how, how far did he get?
2: Probably like two verses. I don't know, I haven't looked Two verses, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Gene. didn't, be, Poor didn't Gene. get too
1: far down that old uh, Romans Road.
2: No, no, and we would get little handouts,
0: it would be the same handout every week.
1: Oh, my goodness, with
0: uh, the, yeah, with, yeah. Was he delirious or anything at this point? I mean do you think it could have just been like he was never not delirious yeah yeah it's
2: like how do you tell on june scott (laughs) (laughs)
1: right
2: he was always the same i would describe him as joyfully angry oh
1: yeah Hmm. (laughs) takes pleasure from being upset
2: yeah
1: Yeah. it's a good description now did he teach hebrew classes was that something he started
2: no he didn't he didn't no he didn't start that So that's all Melissa. Okay. Yeah. There was never any Bible study or extracurricular things other than like to go and volunteer as a voice of faith.
0: Okay. Yeah. There's a lot more involved now. Do you follow any of the online communities like uh, the Alt Jean Scott (laughs) Google group or anything? I didn't know that existed Yeah, I just (laughs) looked that
2: up
1: when you mentioned it to me. Probably better that way.
2: Yeah, but I did know Joe Cortez. I did know he was their main bodyguard, and he split off and is trying to preserve the audio of Gene Scott's ministry, and Melissa sued him for copyright.
0: Okay, oh. he's a new he's a new name to me. I know a few people who are in that boat, but I didn't know yeah. Joe. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um,
1: and he yeah. was the head of security. Uh, Interesting.
0: Yeah,
2: he was a pastoral intern with with Gene. Yeah, and then became his like personal bodyguard.
1: Were any of them just kind of like hired outside bodyguards or are they all doing this on a volunteer basis?
2: Um, I think they got a salary, um, but they definitely had to be believers to be close to him. He was extremely paranoid, either like you could say for good reason or you could say that level of paranoia and strangeness attracts danger. I can remember two times when people came to the church One time it was just it was a guy standing up like trying to talk to him, but there was another time that this this man came and like it was like he was threat he stood up and he was like shouting and he like threatened the woman sitting next to him. So it's like crazy people would come to the church and would maybe need to be physically removed from there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So So I guess it wasn't all paranoia. There were actually some credible threats.
0: Yeah. I mean, that said, though, like my librarian has told me about having to remove people from the library. You know, I mean, you can't attach too much meaning to that kind
1: of thing. Sure. I I always thought, you know, when Carrie and I were kind of evicted from the church, I thought, oh, you know, they're probably really excited. They finally have like, you know, a credible, you know, like someone who needs to be tossed out. Yeah, I wonder, like, how often does that really happen, that someone comes along Mm. that they have to usher out?
2: People get kicked out on a a pretty regular basis, you know, just for squirming too much or coughing too much or, like... Whoa! You couldn't... Yeah, you couldn't, like, wear... (laughs) You couldn't wear shorts, but you could wear a skirt of, you know, similar length. So I I don't really know what that was about.
1: Would there be a big show of this? You know, would the person get kind of frog-marched out of there, or would they quietly... Be escorted, or was it a variety?
2: It was really efficient, very professional, and I think that was also like intentionally, like part of the culture of like if you are against anything that we say, we will we will take you down. (laughs) Like yeah. The whole idea was like spiritual warfare and like we're all enlisted in the army of God and like, you know, we're very strict and like very, Mm. you know, solemn and don't tolerate any like playfulness or like going out of line.
1: Mm. Now, uh, were men ever the voices of faith or was that like a woman's role?
2: Oh, you know what? I never thought about it. I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure anybody could do it.
1: Okay, I was getting yeah. this mental image where, like, women volunteers, <laughs> you get on the phone lines, men volunteers, you go guard, but maybe not.
2: Mm, maybe, yeah, mm, I wonder if there was, like, a, yeah, gender bias. I, it wasn't explicit.
1: Okay, but no no women security guards? We haven't seen any.
0: No. The most threatening person at that church is a woman. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, now, did you get to see any of her kind of taking over or that process, or were you really kind of like out as soon as Jean was gone?
2: No, I didn't really see too much of that. Other than for a while, she picked up the same sermon that he had been preaching for two years. <laughs> no, which the Romans wasn't wasn't that hard to do at that point. <laughs> um, wow. And uh, yeah, I, re- I remember going to a couple of her sermons, uh, still at the United Artists Theater. Did, so before the wholehearted takeover.
1: Did your family remain at all connected in any way? Did any other members of the church like keep you up to date with what was going on, or were you just totally cut off?
2: We didn't have any friends at church. Oh, at all? At all. And I don't know if that was common. There's no Bible study or fellowship. It was not encouraged to interact socially with other members of the church. So, and we didn't go out of our way, right? (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, that negates the whole point of having a church community.
2: Well, it's not a community. It's a spiritual soldierhood. Wow. Yeah, Ross yeah
1: yes yes (laughs) ma'am and uh okay what what was your uh what was your family's king's house number (laughs) do you remember Uh, (laughs)
2: 17221 and then i have a tither number which is 10,284 i think wow that's awesome that's yeah. great. Part of the anonymity is paranoia. Like, you're not supposed to reveal how much you give to the church because then Satan will know that you are there and will attack you more.
1: <laughs> what? Like, he can't figure it out some other way? Give me a break. He's in the electrical cords. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Louise.
2: You're not supposed to tell Satan your name. Ah, oh, that's a clever workaround.
0: Yeah,
2: otherwise
0: he can get you? Uh, yeah, of and, course, it, it has nothing to do with not wanting to be on uh, the radar of the IRS. Actually, right. 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 Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, and even then, Gene was trying to keep people from reporting their givings to the IRS, right? Yeah. No tax deductions. Okay.
0: Right. Yeah. So in the second episode, which you haven't heard yet because it doesn't exist yet, Uh, We're going to talk about Melissa's house. So we actually snuck Mm -hmm. into the tiny gated city in California that the entire city is private and you have to drive up and like be let in to go in. And that's where Melissa Scott lives. And so we found her house and she still seems to live at Silver Oaks Ranch, I think it's called, which is Gene's old horse ranch. Did he ever talk about that place? Yeah, he he like spoke very fondly
2: about the ranch and he would also play footage of women riding horses at the ranch. Right. Um so instead of cut to commercial break, it would be it would cut to and Mel- Melissa would be definitely one of the people he would um tape riding horses, um you know, cut to women of the week riding a horse around while we wait Ooh. for the money to come in.
1: And were they wearing bikinis? Bikinis. I think I've heard.
2: No, I never saw bikinis. They were in normal horse riding clothes.
1: Okay. So equestrian garb.
2: Yeah.
1: Very dignified. Good. Were you ever afraid for yourself? Did you ever feel like threatened or in danger at all in your time at the church?
2: No, not yeah, not in any danger more than like being kicked out. Spiritual danger. The church instilled that belief in spiritual warfare in me. My brother stopped going to the church, so he stopped when he was 18, and I was 16. And I remember like being very afraid for him um,
0: and convinced that he was going to eternal damnation. That's really sad. Yeah. I mean, I, I went through that process too as a young believer, and. It's yeah. very, very painful. Is any of your family still caught up in that at all?
2: As far as I know, not really. I think my dad maybe checks in once a year for entertainment.
1: If you don't mind saying, what was kind of your personal journey after the church? Did you kind of continue in the faith?
2: I did a lot of spiritual searching and I decided that I really did enjoy that kernel of beauty that I found in Christianity. And so after like being basically you know atheistic agnostic for three years, I actually started reading the Bible, which was something that I never did um, mm. at that church because they, you know, only read like two sentences at a time. So I really didn't know anything about it. And then I got baptized in Presbyterian Church. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, and then it continued from there. And I'm not um, practicing Christianity currently, but I still really think that it's a tradition that has... A lot to offer and I'm currently going to a meditation group so like I've been all over the map spiritually (laughs) like I mean within the bounds of like oh let's go to this really weird like Christian (laughs) cult and like oh let's try mainstream Christianity and like let's try Quakerism like let's try like Buddhism and yoga and so I still have a lot of interest in spirituality
1: Carrie and I think that's very weird trying out different (laughs)
2: religions (laughs) (laughs) yeah which is
0: definitely a reason why I hear podcasts <laughs> really like, this, that's what i do yeah
2: that's great you're um, a seeker
0: yeah ross what else is coming up in our second episode that we should verify with allison or actually wait first let me ask you is there anything we got wrong in the first episode
1: great question
0: um let's see oh well like did i tell you about the two different offerings oh yes so is one just a love offering
2: for her yeah Um, That was a tradition that started, uh, he was in trouble with the IRS somehow, that you're not supposed to use a certain amount of money like for non-church purposes, and so he invited members of the congregation to give their tithe in the first offering, and then the second offering would just be for him and it would be a total free for all and you'd be aware that he is using the money to buy
0: a swimming pool full of scotch presumably that's kind of what i imagine so okay. when when Ross put in $5 <laughs> the first time and $20 the second time he was giving $20 <laughs> specifically to Melissa Scott yeah. Fill up that
1: swimming pool. Okay.
0: <laughs> so Assuming it's the same tradition. No, I yeah. Think when it we is... were
1: there, they certainly didn't separate those. They didn't say anything about the first one and the second one being for different funds.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, they stopped saying it after a while. <laughs> yeah, because it's just understood. You know, there, uh, you did say, oh, they started separating them, but you didn't say uh, what the second one was for, but I was just mentioning this to another group of believers and... Um, and they were like oh yeah love offerings it's like very typical the second one will be okay. just for the pastor oh, yeah all right. so there's a precedent
1: um what about like other properties that the church owned were you aware of any other properties beyond just the faith center and the um, university chapel?
2: No, although I'm interested to know what happened to the Bible collection and his painting uh, collection. Gene Scott was a very avid painter. He was really mad at fundamentalist Christians all the time, so he painted this huge, huge portrait of himself with a big, big smile on his face and with uh, seven fingers pointing up in the air. That posture is a week's worth of the middle finger that he was giving. <laughs> <you>. <laughs> All
1: right, I gotta give that one up. That's pretty good.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a really cool painting.
1: <laughs> Whoa, I wanna see that. Yeah. Oh yeah, where did <laughs> so that go? Great.
0: Yeah.
1: I hope that's hanging over Melissa Scott's bed.
0: I wonder if anyone ever got a photo of that. I don't know. It was like hanging
2: above his, you know, famous whiteboard. It was oh, like really the And then the painting, (laughs) it was probably the last like four years of his ministry, maybe. I'm
1: trying to do a Google search for Gene Scott's Seven Middle Fingers painting.
2: (laughs) And then he had a huge Bible collection that he would have on display at times. He had a page from the Gutenberg Bible. And then he had this like collection of Bibles with like little, little misprints. There's one misprint where it's like you can beat your wife. It was like, uh, there's like, there's another one. There's like this one called the Sinner's Bible. Oh was, yeah,
1: like, just has like that.
2: typos that make the Bible hilarious.
1: I'm trying to remember what that particular phrase was in the Sinners' Bible. What
2: I think that's, it's "Thou shalt commit adultery," isn't? I think that's what it is.
1: Yes, that's it. The Wicked not. Bible. Yes,
2: in, thou shalt thou, not. Yeah, thou so shalt commit adultery. adultery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Published that. in
1: 1631. Wow. Yeah, we've heard that Melissa Scott has one of the largest collections of ancient manuscripts. So. I think she continued that and expanded the collection.
0: Oh, cool. But people do often talk about how he had like this underground museum that I think was basically his Bible collection and his paintings. The people kind of keeping up this fight against Melissa bring it up a lot like, where is that stuff? Because well, he had it on, on display at the United Artists Theater. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine, since he gave all that stuff to her, I would imagine it's just in her house, you know? And that's, <laughs> like, that's the unexcited answer, yeah.
1: <laughs> Have you gone back and watched the videos, like, uh, listen to any of Melissa's recent sermons?
2: Yeah, I watched a couple minutes of it and found it, like, really boring. So, <laughs> I was like, oh, this sounds familiar. Yeah, the the her cadence— is very familiar the, like the, the way that she describes her enemies, like all that language about tithing and what you give to the Lord in, in secret the Lord will reward you for in secret. So she has a lot of the same like <laughs> pet phrases.
1: That is a Scott verse if ever I heard one. Yeah. now yeah. I'm very interested in the point that you said that uh, you know with all the time you spend in that church, you really didn't learn much about the Bible itself. That's really interesting to me. So really the only time spent with the Bible would be kind of a few select verses within the context of a sermon?
2: Yeah, there was no like comprehensive Bible teaching. There was some mention that you were expected to go and um, read it on your own, but
1: okay. I'm like, um,
2: 15, I'm not going to do that.
1: <laughs> was it only the Sunday services or were there any other... Like ancillary services that you would attend, like on a Wednesday night or Saturday?
2: There would be communion services. That would be Sunday night. And I went to oh, that a couple of yeah. times. Yeah. The and web- that was the
1: website mentioned sometimes there'd be like a seven thirty service. So that's yeah. when they do communion. Is that once a month? Uh-huh.
2: Probably when uh, Gene Scott got cancer, he was doing it more often. It might have been every week even. And that was, it was definitely like a faith healing activity where you hold the a little cup of wine and think about like, well, what do I want healed about myself? And he would quote Isaiah, like by his stripes, we were healed. So he definitely had, you know, which is a common like charismatic tenet that the resurrection means that you won't have any physical Maladies, in addition to uh, salvation, that you oh. can pray anything, anything you want, you can make it better.
1: So that sure makes it weird when your uh, faith leader then dies of a bodily.
2: Yeah, cancer. yeah, and he was kind of like playing it off of like, oh, uh, maybe my PSA numbers are bad, but I feel amazing. Oh. Uh, <laughs> like, um,
1: cognitive oh, dissonance. Yeah. Oh, Jean,
2: yeah. So that's why, like I really think it probably it, 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 to, it, to my opinion, it wouldn't it didn't seem like it was just her, you know, trying to hasten his death that made him not seek out Western medicine. I think he he did believe it, yeah,
0: okay. now, about her her past with the pornography, if Jean's position was sort of we don't have to change our behavior to be Christians, you'd think then he wouldn't care about the porn, right?
2: I don't think he cared about the porn. I think she cared about it. I think she maybe just didn't want anybody to know. But I don't think Jean cared about it. Okay. So, do
0: you remember people like? Talking about it, or her admitting it, or not admitting it. Uh, no, it was
2: kind of what I think she's still doing, which is just like, a, I had a, you know, a rough past, you know, now I have the gospel, and I see better things to do with my life. Um, it was never specifically mentioned what she had done. It was never specifically mentioned like what anybody had done, which I think was also part of what my parents found attractive about it, because. It wasn't nosy, you know, strange as that sounds. It's like a lot of churches you go to and they're like, they want to know every detail about your life and like, oh, what scandal are you involved in? And like, who are you dating? And, you know, how many times did you pray today? They didn't care about any any of
1: that okay as long as you show up and give money you're good Jump
2: and money. yes <laughs> yeah
0: there's a fairness to that it still yeah. just is so strange to me that she doesn't seem to want to fold it into your redemption narrative and just say yeah that was me but i don't know why you're haranguing me about this yeah or, that would really
1: take the wind out of her to yeah. track her sails
0: yeah i don't know why she wouldn't yeah fold it into a
2: redemption story but i don't know i don't know what the story is
0: what 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 story is like, I don't know what her backstory is. But I mean, she definitely is that actress. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's very clear. Yeah. I mean, yeah, We're, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. There's
1: nothing nothing wrong with I'm that. Sure, it's that's just fine. It's yeah. so weird that she denies it.
0: Right. Yeah. Do you feel like you got anything really good out of your time in in Gene Scott's church? So I work um, I work in film now, and I feel like going to Gene Scott's
2: church helped me deal with crazy people in the film industry, because yeah. that, <laughs> that personality type comes up, you know, with actors and directors from time to time. And when that happens, I sort of feel like, oh, I've done this before. Like, this doesn't bother me. And from, I, you know, from a spiritual sense, I thought it was really nice to go to a church that didn't stigmatize gay people. They never said that that was wrong, you know, that those people were condemned or anything like that. And I feel like That's cool. Yeah, I feel like other like evangelical friends of mine had to wrestle with that yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, he never said anything, like, positive. <laughs> he just never talked about it. Like, there were a lot of things that just were not talked about, and so I was able to make conclusions, you know, just as a human, instead of having to do it
0: dogmatically, mm. like, as yeah. part of my salvation.
1: Jesus never said anything about it, so why should Jean? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesus never said anything about the pyramids either, though. Yeah. But those one. are fun. Those are just fun to talk about. <laughs> Did you know that in one pyramid the stairs go up? Ooh, but in the okay. others they go.
1: Oh, the older ones go down. They
0: go down. Uh, There's an entire so gene cool. sermon that basically amounts to that. Oh. The stairs oh, okay. go up.
1: He, he finds real others, significance in that. They go
0: down. Yeah. These ones are
1: all going down, but look at this one. It's going up wow Gene, that's great <laughs> what is
2: that? oh nice yeah just which is, which is cool right but that that sermon
0: probably took like an hour and a half to yeah. like yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah totally ross you and i watched it. it together and basically just kept like keeping each other going by being like wait, wait, wait is he saying wait. that the stairs go up in this one but they go down in the other ones anyway i totally uh railroaded We're easily
1: saying, entertained yeah.
2: <laughs> no, I know I got you. You know the other yeah, the other thing about it is that they don't indoctrinate children. I think that's a very important thing. They yeah, don't have Sunday school. You go and learn things in a museum and then can make up your mind when you get to be an adult.
1: So. That's really cool. Now when you went to the museum, were you just kind of uh, led around by a docent or like some adults who are part of the church?
2: They would split everybody up into groups, and there would be yeah, adults that work with the church that would kind of supervise you.
1: Were they all the same museums over and over? Which museums did you go to?
2: The La Brea Tar Pits. Nice. Hey, <laughs> we went the to... La
1: Brea Tar Pits, which is yeah! uh, translated from Spanish as the, the, t- oh, no, the, the Tar the, 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 Tar Pits. pits.
2: Oh, the, wow.
1: The the Tar-Tar Pits, yes. We
2: went to the 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 Tartar Pits. Okay. (laughs) Nice. Um, We went to the Los Angeles Children's Museum. Nice. The Museum of Science and Industry. Good. Uh, We went to the IMAX movie a couple times.
1: Oh, at the California Science Center? It's next to that
2: museum. I don't know where it is now. But we would go to that weird museum at Forest Lawn from time to time. Oh, yeah. That was the only vaguely religious museum that we would go to. (laughs)
1: Carrie and I went there after we got kicked out.
0: Oh, nice! <laughs> yep, got yeah. the full experience. We just did yeah. it backwards. We went to grown-up church, got kicked out, went to the museum church. Yeah, nice.
1: All right. Well, it sounds like uh, it wasn't too bad of an experience that you had in the church.
2: No, as far as yeah, as far as cults, I think it was a good one. And yeah, it's hard to say like, is it a cult? Is it or is it not? Like, it has a lot of mainstream Christian elements to it. And then, but at the same time, I mean, the monetary expectations are not really any more than Catholicism and
0: a lot of right. other churches.
1: It's difficult to say.
2: Expectations. So,
0: was it a cult? Yeah. Tell me what you think of this, uh, Alison, because you might be experiencing this acutely with that church. I kind of think that people get hung up too much on the question of defining, like, is X a cult when the question might, it might just be better to ask, is it harmful in this way? Is it harmful in this way? I don't know. I think that that definition of what a cult means and whether something fits it can kind of just become no man's land.
2: Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Because yeah, people use the label "cult" for like religions that they just don't like that are basically fully functional. That's a I guess good we have to
1: ask: what, Was there an emphasis on um, scriptural literalism when it came to the creation? Did they believe like in a young earth?
2: Yeah. yeah, they were anti-evolution and they were kind of literal about about Genesis, more in the way of there was almost a jokingness about it. Like, Jean would often joke about, like, well, maybe God put dinosaur bones here just to mess with us and uh, see what people would say about it. Yeah, so there was a more literal interpretation of Genesis. It was just mostly creationist,
0: I think, okay. more than more than Young Earth. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So when they took you to the science museum, you were like, this isn't true. <laughs> I don't think they had anything about evolution in the science museum. <laughs> uh, oh, fair enough. Oh, sorry, guys. That's my dog. <laughs> sorry. They, they didn't talk about evolution at the science museum? Um, I remember hearing about evolution uh, in the church service.
2: He would recommend books from time to time, and one of them was an anti-evolutionist trope about the moths in England.
1: Oh yes. It's, yeah. yeah,
2: okay.
1: <laughs> the the pepper moths, yeah, the, the black moths. moths and the the gray moths, white moths, yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember that.
0: So, did you believe it? Did you think that evolution was a fraud? No, I never really I never really thought, yeah, I never really thought
2: evolution was a fraud. I mean, I definitely believed in a Christian God and thought that God was an agent of evolution and
0: that didn't really ever strike me the wrong way. Right. Okay. Mm, Okay. Yeah. It seems like you were able to kind of think your way out of a lot of these traps they tried to set up for you and you were like, yeah, that sounds bullshitty. I'm just going to do my own thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Can you think of anything else that was just kind of interesting or exciting or, you know, that we didn't cover or talk about?
2: There'd be like real Haggard day and he would come and instead of a sermon, (laughs) we would get a concert. (laughs) Oh,
1: weird. Any, Any other celebrities?
2: No, not that I can remember. But he well, supposedly was friends with a lot of celebrities. I could kind of see that. I mean, I can see that like his concern for privacy would be very attractive to celebrities, that they know that they can go hang out with him and nobody will know about it because he's not going to say anything. <laughs> like, mm-hmm.
0: Oh, and you know. he definitely had that dynamic personality that... Yeah, I mean, you can see why people were drawn to him to begin with. He, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a charismatic dude. I think that's all of my questions. Do you have anything else, Ross?
1: Yeah, no, that's really good information. And uh, it's so great to hear it from your perspective. Thanks for sharing with us.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. It was such you know, a mind trip to see the topic of your next couple of episodes. It was really weird when I found out Werner Herzog did that documentary because I had since, like, become a fan of Werner Herzog, too. So it's like, wow, "Wow, Werner Herzog did a documentary on this church that I went to. And, And it's also something that I haven't thought about in a long time. So I appreciate the opportunity to, like, revisit those memories.
0: Oh, we appreciate it too. Knowing that Melissa does like to come after people a little bit. Yeah, well, sure, he kicked us out. So (laughs) what else?
1: What can she do to me now?
2: I know, right? Get Satan to climb into my audio system.
1: (laughs) It should be bad.
2: So, well, hopefully that doesn't happen. The Skype has held out for this long, so.
1: If and the devil can't assignment. take down Skype, the devil really needs to it harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no offense, Microsoft. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, cool. So, well,
1: yeah, thanks again.
0: Yeah.
1: Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener
2: supported.